Welcome, everybody, to episode 469 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. I'm your host, Canada. Thank you for joining. On this episode, we're going to talk to Jerry Stellenberg all about his new game, Heist. Very, very cool world under glass. I think this took a lot of people by surprise how much he's put into this P3 game. Very, very exciting, and we're going to talk all about the game. A couple news items before we air the interview. American Pinball has announced that they are ceasing manufacturing right now because of the pandemic we're all experiencing. So does Spooky Pinball. They can't get their parts from Pinball Life in Chicago, Illinois. So after they build the games they have in their warehouse, they're no longer going to be able to make Rick and Morty's until until the restrictions are lifted on these companies in Chicago. And so we're, we're in a new period now. It's crazy, right, that they announced Hot Wheels, and then a week or two later, they can't even make the game. What a horrible, what a horrible calamity that is to fall on American Pinball's shoulders right now. How do you stay in business if you can't even make the products that you just revealed to the world? Because we all know the hype window the window in which to secure all of your sales, it's its very small in pinball. And to now have this happen could be a catastrophic thing for American pinball. Spooky pinball is going to be okay because Charlie already pre-sold every single Rick and Morty. He did it right. Now, we're just going to have to get used to this, that manufacturing of pinballs will be on hold and it will be on hiatus. And I don't think anyone out there really cares that they're not going to get their pinball machines. We have a lot more important things we're facing. I mean, I'm in the epicenter in New York City of this global pandemic. I think right now we have 12,000 cases in New York and nobody's really getting tested, which is scary. So it's probably much, much higher than that. I'm not leaving my apartment. I'm staying safe, and there's no reason to go out. Brenda goes out dressed like a ninja every once in a while to get some essential food items, but that's it. That's it. I can't even get sick because I have weak lungs right now with my broken ribs, so I'm I'm taking this very, very seriously. And if you're listening to this, please do the same for your family. And if you're on Pinside spreading all this fake news about it's going to be over in 10 days and everyone's overreacting, you're being a moron, okay? Stop being an idiot. Stop. Turn off the Fox News, people. Get smart. All right, so Jerry's going to talk all about heist. You're going to hear that. Dennis Norman, I, I, I launched this on my Facebook page. Dennis Norman has left uh, Deep Root Pinball, and he's now over at Chicago Gaming Company. I mean, this guy jumps around and around and around. He's a really nice guy, but his ability to finish a project with a company it just seems to be his story as of the last like bunch of years. He was at Jersey Jack Pinball in 2011. I just saw this photo of him and Jack. I'm like, what is Dennis Norman doing at Jersey Jack? He's at Deep Root most recently. Now he's at Chicago Gaming. He was with Andrew Highway. He was he did the pitch and back game. He did the Elvira game that's now at Stern. It's just he's all over the place. Very prolific pinball designer. And I think Dennis suffers from one thing. I think he gets very frustrated when companies are delayed and very slow in getting products out the door. I kind of feel like he wishes the world would go back to the Bally Williams days in which he could go in and do his design job and everyone else could do their job around them and actually get stuff made. He strikes me as a guy that wants to get stuff made and wants people to take care of business. And unfortunately... He keeps ending up in all these places that have extreme delays, and he probably gets tired of waiting around. Now, I've always wondered about this whole thing of, well, why why do some people end up under the wing of George Gomez and others don't? And I've just come to the conclusion that George Gomez has everybody he wants working for him and pinball working for him. If you're not working for George Gomez, there probably is a reason why you're not if you're a very talented pinball designer. I, I don't know what it is. I just because because if I'm a designer or if I'm an artist or if I'm a pinball anything, wouldn't you want to be at the company that actually makes games frequently and gives you assignments and briefs and allows your creative freedom to be expressed at least once a year? I mean, I know, but here's you know the flip side of the coin is while Stern might give you that creative freedom, they're also going to force you to make the cheapest game possible. So that's the rub is these designers, I think, at Deep Root are probably having a lot more fun having the ability to put a lot more into their games. But where are they? Where are they? Here we are five years later. We're still waiting for Raza. I don't know. 
All right, you got to hear from Julia on the last episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast. I love that she completely, completely like did a 180 on everyone thinking she was this big, heavy, fat old man trying to rip everyone off. So I, if you haven't listened to Julia's interview with Canada, I think you'll really enjoy it. It's always great to get the female perspective on the hobby. We thank her for joining the show. And everyone, remember, a week from yesterday, the Twippies are going to be next Saturday night. Now, I don't know if everyone knows how to watch the Twippies, and let me tell you right now, because we're super excited. I think everyone needs this moment to celebrate the best in pinball. And and I hope we win the third Twippy for Best Pinball Podcast. And if we do, if we do, there's going to be a special treat for all of you fans out there of Canada's Pinball Podcast. I think you're going to love, I think you're going to love uh, my uh, what I, what I've done. Okay, if I win, it only you only see it if I win. I think you're gonna love it. Uh, and I don't know. I don't know the outcome. No one will say anything. As much as I'm trying to bribe Jeff and the committee over there to let me know the outcome, they will not. They will not let me know anything. But the way you watch the Twippies this year, it's going to be on YouTube Premiere. Uh, it's everyone can access it on YouTube. It's like a live YouTube show, and it's going to be on Carrie Hardy's link. Now there will be a link to that. In, the, uh, uh, in all the communications on This Week in Pinball's website. I'm also gonna put a link to it on Canada Pinball Podcast Facebook page. And what I'll do is I'll start to put the link to it on the, the, the notes section of my podcast. But it's next Saturday night, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This Week in Pinball Twippy Awards in which we honor the best in pinball. And I think right now, because everyone is virtual, everyone is remote, it's gonna be an amazingly fun time to watch the show. And I think Ken and the Flippin' Out stream are gonna do a fun red carpet event in which people are gonna call in and talk about it. And I think they're gonna do a pre and a post sort of game show on, not game show, but post show uh, on the Twippies on Flippin' Out stream. So also that'll be a fun hangout for everyone out there. Everyone, let's get through this together. Let's enjoy pinball. Let's enjoy talking about pinball. I know we're all suffering in different ways, but hopefully this podcast can be a little bit of a quantum of solace as we all go on lockdown and stay safe in America. Everyone, Jerry Stellenberg. Ladies and gentlemen, the creator, the founder of P3 Multimorphic, Mr. Jerry Stellenberg. Jerry, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Chris. Good to see you again. I wish it was under better global situations, and we'll talk about that. But today's a huge day for you. Today... You showed the world the game you've been working on, The Heist. How does it feel to finally reveal this game to everyone? Oh, geez, I've been, I've been pumping it up for a while. I'm super excited about the game. I'm super excited about what the team's done. I'm super excited to see what people think of it and obviously to see some orders come in. Um, overall, it's, I mean, it's been a long project and something we've put our hearts and souls into. So it's, it's a huge weight off our shoulders to get it out there. And now it's uh, hopefully some fun times getting some out supporting it so as i look at this game jerry i mean this is by far the most ambitious thing we've ever seen on the platform i'm hearing people say uh, on my facebook page this is what p3 should have been all along which is kind of like a, a great compliment that do you feel that way that this sort of showcases the full potential uh, of p3 so I'd never want to say full potential because there are lots of things we still think we can do and want to do with the platform. But the way I describe this to people I talked to recently is up until now, we've had essentially one traditional type of pinball game and a lot of other things, mini games or different ideas, the racing game, um, things for children, things for non-pinheads. Um, so we've wanted to for based on feedback from the community, create more pinhead games, games that you know pinball enthusiasts would enjoy. So we recently came out with version 2.0 of Cosmic Heart Racing, which adds traditional pinball rules to that, making that hopefully something that traditional pinball lovers will enjoy. And yeah, this game, we, we kind of threw the kitchen sink at it. We wanted to create something that people would go, wow, and hopefully convince them that the P3 makes sense. Right. And I'm, I'm looking at it right now. I'm pulling up the photos, the heist. And look, this is, you know me, I love a world under glass. And talk to me about, let's talk about the story of the game. And then I want to talk about the world you brought to life with this title. So the heist, wh what is the storyline of the game that people are going to be experiencing? Yeah. So it's called heist to know the, well, it's a single word name. Okay. Um, we, uh, we, so Steven Silver came up with the story behind the game. Basically, it's this bad guy, Mr. Big, Frank Bigelow. 
He took over this city called Ocean City. He owns everything in the city. He owns all the businesses. He owns the policemen. He, he's your stereotypical um, kingpin in a city. And as a traditional heist story goes, there's a crew of, of either small-time operators or whatever, usually brought together by some kind of a mastermind character. And they all come together. Each one has a specialty, and they all kind of team up to, to fight back and to try to pull one over on Mr. Big. It reminded me a little of Grand Theft Auto, right, with this sort of mob boss sort of overseeing the city. And and so as the player, who do you play as? Are you are you building your your group of detectives? Who, who what yeah, walk us through like who the player is in this game. Yeah, you're not actually representing a specific character. You're kind of coordinating the activities of all the characters. So your goal as the player is to uh, shoot each character to collect the character um, to assemble your crew. And so each time you you collect a character, you run a character job, whether it's the wheelman's job, you're you're you know driving a race car away from the the police after a a small time crime or something. Um, you have to collect the safe cracker, you have to collect the weapons expert. You have to collect the mastermind himself or herself in this case. So basically, the ball is a conduit for progress of all the characters. Gotcha. now this this group of people are they are they law enforcement? No, these are your stereotypical heist, um, small-time criminals, or, or you know, these are the good guy criminals where they, they are smart, they're intelligent, they try to coordinate their activities to go against the bad guy. Gotcha. Okay. I think of Ocean's Eleven. It's basically exactly like okay. Ocean's Eleven, or okay. or any any stereotypical heist movie. They all kind of have the same theme. Gotcha. That makes total sense now thinking about it like that. So I'm looking at this. There's a lot in this game, Jerry. So how did you go from, I, I read that you did a focus group. I have to say, I was a little hurt. I wasn't part of your focus group for theme. <laughs> what happened there? You, <laughs> but you, you focus grouped this, right? And you had a bunch of themes that you were considering. How did you land on, on Heist? So we had basically all of the team members suggested their favorite ideas or their favorite multiple ideas. We had a group of about uh, 20 random ideas from everybody and we, we whittled it down. So we basically had everybody propose what the theme was and they crafted a little story and they kind of decided kind of the main f- playfield features the story would need. And then we all voted. We got the set of ideas whittled down to about 10. And that's when we talked to other people outside the company to see what they would want. Right. And unanimously you said that this one rose to the top yeah it wasn't unanimous but it was the the clear majority for sure okay now you've then you pick the theme what was the next step well how did you then determine how to bring this world to life using the platform so honestly it wasn't me Um, i specifically made the choice on this game to take myself out of the, obviously I wasn't fully disconnected, but I didn't want to be the one pulling the strings, the one deciding what the playfield should look like or what the story should be, because all the other games are kind of me introducing different ideas to pinball, and I, I didn't, I didn't want my influence to take this away from what we needed it to be, which is a traditional type of pinball game on the P3. Now, was that hard? Because I, 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 I. I... I commend you for that because I think sometimes the hardest thing for a leader to do is sometimes step aside and let the team go. It's hard in certain ways and easy in other ways. I mean, I I work my butt off for this company and I've done it for years and I'll continue doing it for years. But at some point, it's nice to be able to set aside and rely on people who know what they're doing to do the things that they want to do. So for this particular game... Uh, we had, a, you know, we have mechanical engineers, software engineers. Uh, we have our creative guys doing our videos and our artwork and those kind of things. And I basically put it out there. What do you guys want to do? What do you see your role in this game being? And I asked for volunteers to be the creative director. And Steven Silver stepped up. He is the brain behind all of our creative videos. You know, all the video promotions that we've done over the years, Steven Silver created for him or created them. So he stepped up. He offered to do it. Uh, we had volunteers from the software team to be the software lead. BJ Wilson took that role. And I was frankly happy to give it to them. I mean, I'm never going to be fully disconnected. Like I said, I I 
have pretty strong opinions. When when things come down to a choice and they can't decide, then I make it for them. Right. Or if I see something happening in the design of the game that I just don't like or I don't think will resonate with pinball people, then then I'll voice my opinion and, and occasionally I'll put my foot down. But generally speaking, this is Steven Silver's baby. Well, how do What are the steps? Is the first step, you have the heist, you have your theme. Do you then map out the storyline and then go and say, okay, we're going to need a police station. We're going to need a Grand Central Station. We're going to need this. How, how does it work? How do you get to the idea into the physical form? I think it can work either way. I think there are a lot of games that are designed where someone has an idea of what a mech they want, of what mech they want, or, or some kind of a layout idea, and then they, they push that into a theme. But we did it the other way. Yeah, we started with the story. Steven came up with the story. He came up with the characters. He came up with the bad guy. He figured out what he wanted the bad guy to represent in the city. And then he decided where he wanted the game to be played, which in this case turns out to be the cityscape or the, you know, you can see all the buildings and the roads and the backdrop of the city. So once he had all that figured out, it was pretty straightforward process to come up with um, the decorations for the playfield, what things would look like. Yes, of course, police stations and banks and all the typical things that you think you would need in a heist theme, places to steal stuff, money or paintings or um, roads to get your getaway driver to to drive through those roads. Um, think of all the things you would want in the build in the city. And then we had Mr. Big, who sits in his big office building, and he he owns the casino. So there's a casino in the in the playfield. And those things just kind of came out of the idea. Well, let's start with the the mechanism that obviously is, is getting all the attention and, and, and the crane in this game, which I, I know yeah. is what you've been alluding to as one of the most versatile mechanisms in the history of pinball. Talk about tell me, this thing. Tell me I oversold it. <laughs> well, I, I haven't played it yet. It looks very cool, and, and it's doing a lot. And it does way more than my Batman crane did. So I, I do think this is by far the best crane mech we've seen in a game. So this thing can go left, right, up, down, forward, back, has a magnet, has a, you can actually bash it, right? It's it's doing a lot. Yeah, so it basically can take a ball from not any part of the play field, but, but uh, it picks up balls from the lock position. It can move them in front of the player. It can drop them into other areas of the play field. Um, it can present the ball in different ways. It can drop the ball in the play field. It can try to throw the ball to the outlanes. It can try to drop the ball straight down the middle. It can present a ball to you. I think I missed multi-ball in Dracula, where there's a, a magnet under the play field and it drags a ball across the mm-hmm. play field and you have to hit it off to start your multi-ball. Well, this can do exactly that, just from the opposite side. It, you know, it carries the ball from the top. It can move it across the screen. screen so you're going to knock field. the ball off it as well as, as a way to like start a multi-ball? Yeah, we have a crane multi-ball that starts that way. If you hit it off, then you get a three-ball multi-ball. If you don't hit it off, I think it times out and drops it, and you get a two-ball multi-ball. So we're just so used to in pinball, and you know, you listen, you listen to the show, hopefully still, Jerry. We're <laughs> well, so used to so little mechanical creativity happening in, in this industry. And it's one of the things I always harp on is where has the mechanical magic gone and and this thing is is super cool. So how how long did it take to to get this thing right? Well, you heard me talking about it how long ago? Was that a year ago? Yeah. Uh we've been working on it that entire time. Uh, it's a complex device. We but a lot of it's founded or grounded in um the mechanics used in other things. For example, the extension and retraction is a stepper motor uh with devices commonly found in your 3D printers or your CNC routers these days. So the actual underlying technology or the mechanism, the the mechanical parts of it, we didn't have to create them all from scratch. We kind of made use of pre-existing things. The up and down and the side to side are off-the-shelf servos that are commonly used in remote control cars to control the, the wheels going left and right. So a lot of the technologies there, putting it together in a package that you could bash and it's going to be reliable that's that's what took the long time right right because we we had our prototype working when i talked to you last and that was a year ago and it it wasn't reliable at the time but um, over the course of the year it it became a lot more reliable right it's kind of like our flippers honestly you know the floating flippers that back in the day were were cool but they were super flaky and if you flipped real hard for a while they would the, the rod would snap or 
the flipper would get loose. It, it just takes time to to dial that stuff in. Now, speaking of flippers, the other thing that I've noticed is you've added an upper right flipper to this game. Yes. And this is a, this is part of the heist package, but also something people can add to their existing P3 platform, correct? Yeah, so it's a backwards compatible replacement for the existing side target module, which means you pull out the existing side target module, you put in this one, and once this is in there, it works it can work in the exact same way your old one did, meaning the ball can roll down and uh, roll down the rail or roll down where the flipper is, and it'll work just like your old one did. So for a game like Lexi or Cosmic Kart Racing, you simply won't be able to activate it, but the ball will still roll down the rail just like it did before. For a game like Heist, where we integrate it into gameplay and we design the playfield around it so there are there's a side loop shot and there are targets and other things you can shoot with it, then we obviously enable it in software. Okay, and... It looks like, because I've been talking a lot about upper right flipper shots that, that are clunky and don't work in Rick and Morty, this thing looks like it's got a really nice smooth path down the road here of this blazing target, right? It looks like that. Is that, how many shots are coming off of this upper right flipper? So with the upper right flipper, you can hit the side loop, you can hit the targets that surround the side loop, you can get the inner left loop with it. And just because of the way the spin works on a, on a pinball, you can actually get it to go up the left ramp, though we don't, we don't have any software that awards you for doing that. And, and, I, and I'm looking at the photos right now, Jerry. This game looks like these shots are makeable. Like it, it's, when you guys are designing, do you, do you want to make a game that's accessible and not going to be frustratingly tight? Like how do you approach what's, what's fun and also what's not too easy, right? Because you don't want game, people's game times to be forever. How, how do you find that balance of making the shots just the right amount of, of difficulty? I mean, it really comes down to how much you want to squeeze under your play field, right? There are some play fields that you want to squeeze nine or ten shots because you want to give certain variety. I mean, I've seen games that do that. And if you only have five or six shots, then those shots are going to be super wide and easy to hit. So the number seven, eight, nine, those are kind of common numbers for play fields. Uh, we have basically eight shots in this playfield, but seven of them face the front. So a seven-shot playfield isn't too hard. If you divide the width of a playfield by seven, you can create you know, a two-and-a-half-inch gap for, for most of them, which allows you the freedom to, uh, to position them where you can make most of the shots pretty easily. But it, 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 I mean, it sounds technical, but it's all math, really. The more you put, the tighter it's going to get. The fewer you put, the easier it's going to get. Right. Now, I'm... I'm- I'm loving the sculpts of these buildings. Uh, who 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 helped you with with that part of the game? That was a process. We uh, we obviously in our previous games we didn't spend a ton of money on creating that that immersive world under glass experience. We created toys like the Ballock and Lexi or or the rings and the LED system in CCR. But this was a new experience for us. We actually went through a few different vendors to get to our final solution. Um, they look really nice, and, and and thank you. I'm looking at them, and there's also it looks like they light up too. Some of the signs within the different different buildings is that is that correct? Yeah, actually, every sign in the game is backed by an RGB LED or more than one. Um, every not every, but most of the window faces are actually lined with LEDs as well. So we can create different environments. We can make it feel like daytime or nighttime. We can light up or turn off the, the signs when certain shots are enabled. And we have a lock sign. There's a there's a lock and key building that we can we can flash that when lock is lit. And yeah, our, our goal in this was obviously to create the decorations, to make it an immersive experience, but also to use those buildings as um, not shot inserts, but to allow you to use them as uh, identifiers for when to shoot certain things. Very cool. You know, and my favorite image I'm looking at uh, on this week in pinball, it, it, for those of you listening to this show, I, I know it's always hard to describe something that's very visual. Please go to this week in pinball and look up the photos of heist by p3 multimorphic because jeff has a gif going of the game which is my favorite because i mean we're talking about the was it the lower or the back one third of the game is that the right number yeah that's about what that's about right and then i'm looking at the screen as the play field where we're sort of hovering over the city and it looks like you're looking down almost like you're flying over the city uh, super cool 
use of, of the screen and giving you that sense of depth, which is something that no standard play field could do. I, I think, Jerry, how proud of you when you see this coming to life? Do you feel like this is really sort of hitting the potential? Because this this is, to me, pulling me into this world more than any of the other P3 games. Yeah, of course. Uh, obviously, as an engineer, I feel like we've created a system, a platform, an environment where you can create this kind of content. But until we brought in people like Steven and... Um, the artist Jose Fernandez, and we have a new audio guy. We have our, our other um, artists, Roy Cernuda, and um, we needed all these people to work together and to create, or work together with the goal of creating this fully immersive experience. We, we knew we could, but it takes time and talented people to make this stuff happen. Right now, who did the animations for for this world and and what's on the screen? So Jose Fernandez created all the assets. He's an illustrator. He drew the 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 characters and the items on the screen but steven steven silver the designer of the game he is an animator by trade so that's what he does and he did it very very cool and i i mean interestingly actually sorry to interrupt he he and david van ass the animator um and other things for spooky they actually worked together Ah. as animators back in houston okay so they're all tied into the pitbull industry together. So this game is available starting today. We shipped a unit on Wednesday to a, a location or to a home. To a the, the first paid customer. It was to a home. Okay. Now I, I I know you must be super bummed out, as is everybody, that TPF was canceled. So talk to me about what what hearing that news was for you and, and how that impacts your ability to sort of get this game in front of people right now. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, obviously, the whole world's going through kind of a big problem right now. Um, We had huge plans for the show. Um, Ed hooked us up with a good time slot for the seminar, actually, before the show opened, so we would have a captive audience of lots of people that would see the game, hopefully right before the show opened. Then we planned on having a bunch of machines there to play, as well as a bunch of new in-box machines that people could just take home. So we structured our entire production run-in or lead-in to TPF to get machines ready, to get games built, and to basically use this show as a launching point. And we always planned on announcing it today. Uh, We actually planned on having Jack Danger down in Austin on Monday to stream it so people around the world could see what it is and get excited about it, and then people could play it for the first time at TPF. So not having TPF, while it didn't screw up our launch plans, um, it obviously hurts a lot on getting the word out and getting people excited about the game because the hope was that people would react like you are, but they'd react like that after they played it. And they would talk about it. They would tell their friends. Everybody would come over. They'd, you know, they'd post about it. They'd say how cool it was. And then all this, all this question about, wow, it looks cool, but will it play well, um, would be answered. Right. And so, speaking of that, when could we expect a, a stream of the game? So I know when we talked before, my plan was to still stream it on Monday. But since then, we've, I mean, we've made the choice locally to not have our, our. People go into the office as much. We're running one person in the factory at a time. Um, we're not getting together as you know, as in, in social events to do streaming. Uh, I plan on setting up a stream here at some point. We have customers that are going to get the playfield that will stream for us, but I, I can't give you a fixed date right now just because everything's so much in flux. I have an idea. Okay. Why don't you send a game to Jack Danger? I've talked about it. I mean, we have that, talked about it. And that way, because his streaming business is about to explode with views because everything's going to be streamed for the foreseeable future. That yeah. way he could play it, he could show it to people, and you can get orders. That would be great. Um, yeah, obviously Jack was a big part of our launch plans. He, he had reserved his plane ticket to Austin. He was playing on hanging out with us for a couple of days before he went up to TPF. So, I mean, Jack's, Jack's a big part of our plans. We love the guy. He was interested in the, the machine, super excited about the game. So, yeah, we're certainly talking to him. We're talking to a bunch of people. But, um, yeah, there's just so much in flux right now, it's hard to say. Yeah, and let's talk about that because you're right. The whole world is upside down right now, and everyone's plans have been disrupted. Obviously, most major life 
plans are, are are in front of things like pinball right now. Was there any was there any thoughts of just delaying it, or do you or does that how, how are you sort of processing what to do? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, I don't know if there's a right answer and a wrong answer here. But uh, Patrick Petla, our new marketing guy, um, Jim Petla's brother, another guy in pinball who's been there for a long time, um, we talked a lot about this. And we were trying to figure out if it makes sense to defer, if it makes sense to launch now, if it makes sense to launch without TPF. Um, There are lots of reasons to launch. There are lots of reasons to delay. The biggest problem with delaying is you don't know when it's going to get better. So we could say, let's not launch now. Let's launch in two or three weeks. And in two or three weeks, it might be worse than it is now. You just don't know. So as a small company, we have to, uh, we either have to, you know, completely pause operations, or we have to bring in money. Yep. And the only way to bring in money is to sell products. I completely understand the dilemma, and I don't think there are going to be any shows for a while. And and I think if you listen to the experts on 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 how long people are going to be quarantined and social distancing. It's going to be a while. We we know that MGC has been canceled. Uh, Pinburg will be canceled. And so Allentown was canceled. So I think there's going to be a lot of people watching pinball online. And so, Jerry, that being the case, is the plan... It, it sounds like people are going to have to start selling games with virtual introductions of the games. And and that's just going to be, every company's facing this, right, Jerry? Not just you. I mean, Stern yeah. Stern is delaying. They were supposed to show heavy metal today. Um, Jersey Jack. Everyone's going through the same thing. And I think everyone feels for all the manufacturers out there who wanted to get their games in front of people at TPF. So we might see a stream maybe, Jerry, in like a week or so, maybe. Uh, I'm going to have a rig here in three days. Hopefully hopefully I'll be able to set it up and stream it. But if I don't, we have customers that will have the game and have streaming rigs. Um, it's it's just a matter of who does it and when do we do it? And I don't know that answer yet. Yeah, and you want, look, and you want the first stream to be good. I mean, that's it, it's that's the other part, right? Is the, the challenge sometimes with streaming is when crappy players jump on a machine and it almost makes the machine not as good as it is because they're 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 not playing very well right so there's a little bit of making a good first impression um yeah and that's why someone like jack danger the guys at buffalo pinball he's not that good at pinball jack danger's all right no i'm joking uh i think he (laughs) listens uh so jerry like how many uh have most existing p3 have you heard from existing p3 owners today and have have you been getting orders for guys who have have the platform so today was a good day, obviously. It was a really good day for us. We built a bunch of play fields to be ready to ship today, uh, and we've sold them all. So no, we haven't heard from everyone. I don't even know if everyone's gotten the news yet. It's it's only been out for, for half a day right now. But um, we've gotten a bunch of orders for new machines with P3, with uh, Heist play fields and a bunch of orders from existing customers. It's, it's been a good day. Let's talk, um, let's talk price. So what does the Heist cost heist the the pinball game heist costs 27.50 that's a 2750 dollar complete pinball experience that you can drop in your p3 um, so obviously you have to own a p3 to take advantage of that deal if you buy a p3 with heist we're running a special right now where you get the p3 and heist and the back box display and obviously, this includes the upper flipper because that's integrated into the game for our normally standard price of ninety nine ninety five, which normally didn't come with a back box display or the flipper. Okay, so roughly ten grand gets you this fully featured game from P three, and and that that's always been the the, the price of the P three. So there is actually no price increase if this is the first time you order a P three. Yeah, we've actually done a few things to try to you know, create more interest in show people the platform model right away when they try to buy the machine. So we now have that one game special. We also have bundles now. We have a two game and a three game bundle. Um, There are prices for that that are less than buying all the parts individually. And we're also currently running a special now where you can buy basically everything we have. That's Lexi Lightspeed, Cosmic Kart Racing, Cannon Lagoon, Heist, and get all of our mini games for, I think it's about $16,000. Okay. I had a little bit of sticker shock with that. The value you get everything, but it is it is it hard in this climate, Jerry? Do you think to with where things are going and and economically, uh, 
any anxiety there at the higher price point stuff or, or just sort of put it out there and see if people bite? Well, it really doesn't matter because we can't build a P3 for a low enough cost that's going to allow us to sell it for six or $7,000. It's just not possible. There's too much technology in it. There's too much custom, right. custom mechs in it. So, um, I mean, I don't know. A lot of people are buying two or three or four machines a year. A lot of people have a whole game room full of Stern machines or whatever that costs between, what, six and $15,000, depending on the model they're getting. Right. So if, if someone buys three machines at $6,000 a piece, that's $18,000. It's cheaper to get a P3 with a bunch of games. Yeah. Well, and that's always been the uh, the proposition, right? And so do you feel like you find... I, I know we've talked about this in the past, but you've got the game now that you feel... You're proud to put up against everything else that's out there for customers. Yes, we're definitely proud of this game. I think I mentioned somewhere, I think I heard you quote me, that it is the best game I've ever played. <laughs> um, and You yes, said it, not me. And, and yes, I have played pinball before. Uh, <laughs> I, I used to have a 12-game collection myself. I've played most of the modern games. Um, this is the best game I've ever played. It's smooth. The shots go well. There's flow. There's, there's places pretty much every shot on the play field can stop the ball and redirect it somewhere. So you can hit a bunch of flow shots and then something triggers in the software and it changes what happens with the ball. Um, it's fully integrated with the software experience, the the theme. You're, you feel like you're running a heist movie while you while you play the game. It's, it's really that special. Yeah. Um, and I know I've, I've, I've got to get people on it to see that for themselves, but it, it is that good. So yes, we're super excited about it. Um, have we crossed the threshold? We'll see. We'll see what people think. Exciting day. I, I'm, I'm always happy to see new pinball machines, and, and I'm always going to give my, my unfiltered and unbiased feedback. And, and I will say, I, I, I was really excited when I saw this game, and, and I've always looked for that world under glass, and I've always wanted to see the P3 platform sort of bring uh, the potential you've been talking about. Because I know, Jerry, as a creator of this thing, a lot of this has to just be you know, what you're dreaming in your head and what you're envisioning can be done. And do you feel like this this game has closed that gap between the dreams and the reality of this platform for you? Yeah, certainly. Because, I mean, one of the biggest things we struggled with early on was we had to build a presence. We had to build some name recognition. But what we wound up doing was showing a product that was an, un, an unrecognized potential, right? It was a bare bones machine with nothing on it that we used to take to shows and it had little simple sample games that people didn't um, relate to because they weren't pinball games yet. Then we came out with Lexi and people were like, okay, that's a, that's a cool game, but you're pitching a platform. So what else do you have? And so it's been a, we've kind of pieced this, this product line together in a way that would have, I mean, ultimately it's, I don't want to say it hurt us because we were nobodies before we had the P3 and we came out with a product that introduced people to us and that they at least know what we are. But yeah, with this game, we feel like people can look at the whole product line, see the value of the games. This is a $2,750 game. It's not, it's not a $6,000 game. It's not a $9,000 game. It's not a $12,000 game. It's a $2,750 game. So everyone who owns a P3 gets this for under $3,000. Right. Oh, and, and I fully expect you to sell this to every single P3 owner that's out there. Uh, but the goal is to really increase the volume of, of your owner base. Right? I mean, that's always been the, the proposition to, to, to developers is that if you can get your, your base level up every time you develop a new game, you've got a, a, a hungry buyer base waiting. Yes, that's true. And I know you push us to get uh, more themes out quicker and to get more products out quicker and to get more sales right away. But ultimately, as long as we can survive as a company and push forward, if we come out with a new game next year, the year after, and someone hasn't yet bought Heist, they get to fill up their library with the things we had in the past. Right. So th this isn't a product where the next game has to be a make or break. It's that the next game, game might convince someone to buy it, and then they get to take advantage of the entire library we've built over, over time. So it's a completely different model than everybody else in the industry. Yes, and, but we've talked in the past, and it sounds... But the, the level of investment in this product in particular, because it is so loaded and there, there is such a, an ambitious reach with this game, with the mechanisms and, 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 and what you put into it, there has to be, right, the expectation that this is going to be a, a, a unit mover for you. Yes, yeah. it absolutely is that. Right. Now, when I was... I have to say, I, I, I saw you uh, answer a question about licensed themes, and as, as I was watching the GIF 
of floating over that animated city. Jerry, I, you, you have to make an Akira pinball machine theme. Akira. That's what Canada's based on. Have you ever seen it? It's just, you ha- I was like, it just that Neo Tokyo sort of animated movie that is, is, is what my screen name is from or my avatar is from. You have to watch Akira. And I guarantee you, Jerry, if you make Akira, it's probably not as expensive as a lot of these bigger 80s and 90s themes. You're going to sell a lot hey. of units to the geeks. Hey, man. Hey, let, let, let's talk. Let's let's get you and your, your best friends together and develop a game. Oh, I would love to. I would love to. So this is so where do you go now? The game's out. You're going to stream it. And then is it is it just sort of figuring out ways to navigate the new normal that we're all living in and figuring out how do we get games into homes of people who are going to be stuck at home for months? Well, you know, that's one one. Uh, silver lining in the whole thing for for pinball manufacturers is that yeah people are captive audiences right now so um, yeah if you're stuck at home and you have a set of games that are maybe getting stale to you then this is something that that could liven up your your collection but Did you, let, yeah there's a lot of challenge in the world right now clearly on the supply chain stuff and we worked our butts off to make sure that we had everything we needed to build these games in time for our launch and I know long term, it's still going to be a struggle for a lot of people um, and a lot of companies to create the things that we all need to build these things. But um, we put ourselves in a pretty good place and it was not easy. We had, um, and the, the, the machine has 3,000 unique parts in it and we have 50 or 60 vendors and I'd say a quarter of them completely shut down right in the middle of our, our big need. So we worked our butts off to to find other solutions or to work with those vendors to to, I don't know, allow them to defer. So obviously we get a lot of things from overseas and China kind of shut down during their during their spring festival, their their New Year celebration. And um, Yeah, do you, do you expect this to really hurt other manufacturers' ability to get parts and, and to keep the lines moving as usual? Yeah, I mean, there's no even thinking about it. It already has. Uh, every single manufacturer is going to have trouble building building games every manufacturer of everything in the world is going to have trouble creating products it's it's one it's hard to get products and or it's hard to get the raw materials it's hard to get the things you need but two now we're having uh we're not allowed to put a group of people in an office and have them do stuff so even getting the machines built is a challenge so yeah we're all going to struggle with that in the short term Uh, we put ourselves in a pretty good place we have the materials the inventory to build a good bunch of machines and we're hoping that can get us through this uh, this global issue. How many can you build right now with the parts you have? Uh, is there any sense of urgency for people listening if they want to get one? You've got enough to build. Is it 20? Is it 50? Is it 100? Is there any, any what's your supply ability like in the near future? So uh, our inventory isn't the problem. Our staffing is the biggest issue right now. We can build about three to four a week right now. Um, we could staff up or try to staff up, bring in more people to build faster, but we, we have enough parts for a while. Right. And that's what we be don't a... have. What we don't have is space, space and people to build a ton of machines at once. Where, where are these built currently? In Round Rock, Texas, just north of, north of Austin. Okay. And how, how many, how, how big is the square footage of the, of the P3 assembly area? We have a 5,000 square foot facility. Well, American Pinball has got 35,000 square feet, Jerry. Yes, <laughs> yes, they do. Uh, Hot Wheels came out this week, and, and they they sort of positioned that game for operators. How do you see your game? Is it an operator's game? Is it a home game? So obviously our machine's a lot more expensive than, than what they're uh, promoting right now. We see our machine mostly as a consumer-based product. Uh, obviously, the, the video game console kind of model makes perfect sense for consumers and not so much for arcades because arcades want a bunch of machines all lined up where you can all go play at the same time where in the home you all might congregate around a tv or or one guy in the household is a is a pinball fan and can only play one machine at a time so we're we're trying to solve the consumer problem of the floor space issue the price per game issue um, the variety of gameplay issue. And yes, if operators want it, great. We support them. We have a two-year warranty now, so we're happy to support them through the hopefully heavy plays that they're getting. But overall, when we conceive the product and as we've built the feature set, it, we see it as mostly a consumer product. Gotcha. The, uh, the call-outs in this game, who, who did the yeah. call-outs? 
There are seven different voice actors, all Houston-based voice, voice actors. Uh, there's one for each character, each main character. Um, and I don't think any of them have done any pinball work before besides. Actually, that's not true. There's So Joe Grizzafi is a Houston-based pinball community guy. And John Swayze did all the voices for Lexi Lightspeed. Okay. I can't wait to hear the call-outs because I think with a, a title like this, the call-outs and the characters are, are super important in sort of pulling you in and, and, and engaging the player. Uh, yeah, we've I, actually done a lot of unique things related to call-outs. We have a lot of new code that allows the characters to run conversations and then decide if a higher priority call-out comes in, what do you do with the conversation that's going on? Um, so so this whole theme, obviously, is story-based. It involves the characters working together. So there's a lot of communication and a lot of voice call-outs that work together. Very cool. And uh, some of your games, are you can connect them. Any Can, can you connect two heists together and any... Play, player versus player modes or or is that not currently in it it's not in it and i don't think we currently have plans to put it in it we wanted this game to be a pinball enthusiast a thing that they're familiar walking up to and playing and enjoying so it's it's on par with uh, from a functionality perspective it it's the style of a traditional pinball game. Okay. Um, games like Cosmic Kart Racing and Heads Up are specifically designed to be networked together so you can compete against other people. But this year, you're trying to get your score. You're trying to progress through the game. It's a single-player type of experience. Okay. Any any relief? I, I know this might be a morbid way to think about what's going on <laughs> in the world, but just a relief that because of what's happening, the other manufacturers are going to de- be delayed, and you're sort of coming out and you're the only one on stage right now other than Hot Wheels. Relief isn't the word. We're, we're excited about the game, and we thought it would stand up really well against everybody else. We were curious to see what the new company in San Antonio was doing. We were curious to see you know, the new ones from the other big guys, but this game is really that good. And We were kind of hoping we'd take it to TPF, and this would be the game people were talking about. Yeah, I'm, it, it definitely has a, a wow mech. And, and I love seeing that crane in action because if you look at a lot of the games these days, there's a, there's a lot of theme in a game. There's a lot of theme on the screen. There's a lot of theme in the artwork. But we're, we rarely see mechanical wow in pinball these days. And, and I think this game definitely has that. And people are excited to jump on it. Uh, so the next few weeks, we're going to see homeowners get some of them. And then any locations that you know might get one. So if there's anyone out there who might be out, I don't know. Locations are closed though, right? It's even weird for me to like suggest that. Yeah. Because I don't think anyone's going to be going anywhere to play. And even if the location's open, I, I would tell my family not to go out yeah. and play yeah. at them. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. That's just the reality of the world right if now. If you want to send me one, Jerry, uh, I'm, I'm waiting <laughs> for Rick and Morty, um, but I, I, I'd happily... I'd happily give it a whirl. Now, I think well, you should send we, it to Jack I mean, Danger. I'm sure we can figure out a business relationship where you send us something and we send you something. All right. I'll send you, um, yeah, what can I send you right now? I can send you beer and Oreo cookies. and I, I can or, give you... or you could pay for a machine and we could ship you one. It would be great. Yeah, well, I, I got I to gotta hop on it. I got to hop on it. Like, you must know that, I mean, like, you saw everybody buy Rick and Morty before playing, and I was one of them, right? And you saw that everyone jumped in because of theme without understanding if the game was enjoyable to shoot. Now, as you watch some of the Rick and Morty feedback, and my show included, and and people are realizing that it might not be the most fun shooter, but everyone's already locked in because of theme, are you excited that your game will, will shoot as good as it looks and as good as the engineering is in it? Yes, but just because we're proud of the design, I don't really care whether you enjoy your other games. I just want to give you an experience that we're super proud of and that we believe we're giving you value for your money. And that's what this game is. Um, I'm actually super excited to play Rick and Morty. I haven't seen one locally. Um, I know a guy who's getting one, so I'm excited to to try that at some point. But obviously it uses our boards, so I followed the the development and the release of it. I'm super excited for the game. I hadn't I hadn't watched the show. I think you said you hadn't either. No, I hadn't seen the no. show before they announced it. And uh, my girlfriend and I have since watched the entire series. And it's unlike me to say this, but I I, I, quite, I quite liked it. Yeah, no, so, it's great. So I'm excited about the game and the theme integration of that machine is fantastic. Yeah, it's great. They they did a good job integrating it. Now, a question I just I, I just have to ask is, 
Are you guys going to be okay with, with this economic slowdown? Can you weather this storm? Are you set up to do that? So who knows? Um, we hope so. We aren't in desperate need right now of you know immediate revenue. We have some runway. I suspect that a lot of companies in pinball and outside of pinball are going to have a lot of trouble. And I wouldn't be surprised if we lost some pinball manufacturers. And I wouldn't be surprised if they blamed the coronavirus, whether or not that was the reason. Um, it's just a, it's a bad situation for everybody. Yeah. And uh, we're going to do our best. We hope we get enough sales from this to justify buying a lot of parts to build up inventory for a lot of machines and hopefully funding the development of the next one. But we're, we're okay for now, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have the other big product line too, which is the P-Rock product, which helps fund the development of, of the P3. So we're kind of dependent on some of the other manufacturers to help us to help us be healthy as well. Yeah. Now, you, uh, the P-Rock's been, you know, you guys designed the engine. I always say, I, I worked, when I was in working in video game marketing, one of my clients was a Cliffy B and Unreal. And it was just amazing how much annuity they made just off of the engine, right? And then they, yeah. of course, they made their own games, but... P-Rock makes its way into a lot of games. So that's, it's, you are driving a lot of what people love in pinball um, behind the scenes as well, which is, which we hope doesn't end. So Jerry, like, I'm excited. I, I, I you want me to read you some of my feedback on my Facebook page of what people have said if you haven't seen it yet? Let's, let's. I mean, I, I mean, it's always more fun to react to the negative responses, but yeah, hit me up. Hold on. I know. I, you know, people think I'm negative all the time. Do you agree with that? Of people's assessment of the show? Anything you want to ask me or like things I've said or question anything? Uh, we just, see, we tried that, didn't we, once? And, yeah. And you... there are all these awkward silences and things. <laughs> are you going to watch the Twippies as I pull up my page here? I hope to, yes. It's next. Did you vote in the Twippies? I voted for a couple categories. Other categories, I did not vote. Did you vote for best pinball podcast? I, I don't know. Should I plead the fifth on this? Oh, my God, Jerry. If I, again, if I lose by vote, I know who to come to. Um, all right, hold on. I got, I'm going to pull up my heist here. Someone's, someone's selling a Wrath of Olympus for $19,500. What's wrong with people, Jerry? There's only six of those out there, though. Yeah, but there's a so reason for that. When they were selling he, them, nobody wanted it. I mean, that's true, but they're also super limited, so I oh guess I could God. understand why somebody might think that their their baby is worth that much. All right, you ready? You ready for some yep. feedback on your game, your baby? Yeah, do it. All right. All right, let me see. I got... So, do, do... Hold on. These are emails? You're These are emails? Facebook messages. Okay. All right. Tony says, I'm happy to see they have some fresh ideas in gameplay instead of gimmicks that don't add anything to game flow. I'd love to play this if I could find any P3s in the wild. Yep. So it's hard to, I mean, what's a gimmick and what's a fresh idea? Anybody could say any fresh idea is a gimmick until people adopt it and like it. But yeah, we try stuff. Some stuff sticks, some stuff doesn't. And we're hoping to build our, our customer base big enough to where you can see them anywhere you go. Right. Ari says, some innovation. Finally, awesome, great combination of P3 with more traditional play fields goes great together. Cool. Because that's exactly what our what our objective was. I mean, it's always been. We want, we want to introduce games that are a physical pinball experience with dynamic artwork and some new technology but yeah th this game definitely hits hits a good balance between those two things uh let's see jeff says i think this looks really cool i'm actually impressed with this <laughs> actually impressed. yeah the actually the emphasis on actually no it's like when someone comes up to us at a show and says holy crap this is actually fun yeah or when you tell your wife you look good today <laughs> Um, Sean says this, that's pretty awesome. Uh, Dave said the theme makes dialed in seem cool in comparison, but the mech does look cool. He doesn't like heist movies. And this is also, and this, I think this is Dave who was, is Dave over at highway pinball. So we'll take that with, take that with a grain of salt. Uh, and he, Dave, I know you listen to the show. Uh, Don yeah, says, "I mean, everything." Before you go on, I mean, every theme has has people that love it and people that hate it. So I think it does look like dialed in, though. I think the comparisons to dialed in on this game are are completely fair. Uh, I, I I I've said dialed in is is a very cool packed game, uh, but I think this has a mech in it that is more wow than any mech in dialed in, and I I would I would 
I would go to any debate against someone who says otherwise. I mean, this that crane is moving, it's grooving, it's magnetized, it's it's a it's a that bash crane target. is awesome. Wait till you get to play with it because we actually have a bunch of mini modes that use the crane in various ways, and it's really fun. You should just send me the crane to play with for a few weeks, not <laughs> the game. Just like I'll take it. Oh, the, 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 my sick mind. Okay, so Don says, looks pretty dope, man. Happy to see things popping and locking. Whatever that Thanks, means. Um, Hopefully okay. they don't pop. So Liam said, damn, even P3 has better artwork and animations than American Pinball. We spent a lot of time making sure these animations were great. Steven did a lot of work. The artist did a lot of work. I, I mean, this, this isn't something we just threw together. Obviously, a lot of criticism on earlier P3 games is the artwork isn't um, resonating with people as much because uh, whatever, people say they look like they're from the 90s or, or whatever. But this game, we specifically went in with some goals, and one of the goals was to make the art and animation experience something that people could, could relate to and enjoy. Right. Um, Derek said, quick hot take. Well, first off, let's give props where due. The launch was a professional quality video, not grainy or JPEG or cell phone video. Jerry, and I have to say, like, thank you for that. Steven is the man. Thank you, Steven, for that. It always amazes me that these companies spend over a year plus making a game, and then the first time you see it is the worst way to see it. All that work. Yeah, I actually agree with you. I don't understand that. Um, and then he said... But sometimes that's because you spoil their releases, so it's kind of your fault sometimes. Uh, yeah, no, I'm going to leak anything people give me. I mean, I, it's, the, this might, it's, it's what I do here. I'm, I'm actually So wait, to, you had not heard of this game until now? No, you know, and you did a good job. You did a good job of keeping it under wraps. I know that you told some other podcasters and they kept it secret, but you can't, you can't tell me... Unless you, if you were to call me up, Jerry, and say, Chris, here's, here's the theme, here are the images, keep it quiet. Of course I'm going to keep it quiet if you, if you tell me that. I like not knowing because I do have more fun when someone says, hey, American Pinball's next title is Hot Wheels, and I get to spoil that three months in advance. See, that's not cool. But, okay. <laughs> but but what if, if, you, you, if, if you support the pinball industry, and this is me playing devil's advocate with you, but um, if you support everyone and you say this, you say you want people to be successful and you want to encourage them to be successful yeah. and try new things, and then you, you knowingly spoil their launch, yep. that's, that's a bit counterproductive. No, 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 but here's, here's my counter to that. If you want to be successful and you want to have a great launch, you can't leak and tell people what your title is. And the only reason I know it's Hot Wheels because they tell people. <laughs> That's the only reason. I mean, Jersey Jack goes around and tells everybody what his next game is when he's in their homes, and he thinks they're not going to share that information. It, it's like no one knew yeah. Rick and Morty was happening. Nobody knew I, uh, this was happening. Nobody knew. Yeah. There's so a lot there's of, a... you know, what you could ask anyone right now, Jerry, what's Stern's next title after Ninja Turtles? Nobody knows. Nobody. Yeah. So, all right, Derek then said, the game looks like it has some interesting mechs. I'm honestly interested to try it. It is a shame they, this couldn't have launched a TPF. We agree. And he says, I think we, we would have gotten some eyeballs on it. Last thought, given the theme and art style, I couldn't help but think what a great licensed Grand Theft Auto would have been. <laughs> and a, an expensive one at that. <laughs> um, yeah. But all thank, these thank comments... You, that it looks cool and people are, are, want to play it and and it's majority is very very positive and supportive of, of of this title so that must make you feel good yeah obviously it does it makes us feel great you know i i i, I can't wait to get back to normal I, I i have a broken rib and i've been living in this apartment for three and a half weeks now how'd you going break out. your rib ah uh, it's a long story i'll tell you about it it's painful so this this quarantine and this staying at home has actually helped me heal and not having to go into the office but Oh, I can't wait till we can go back out and play pinball till we can jump on your machine and I can't wait to see this thing in action. And I think people are going to be excited, Jerry, to see this thing streamed. I think a lot of us are going to be connected to the community through streaming services, through Twitch, through the stuff that you guys put up. So I hope you, I hope you get the orders uh, flowing in when people see this game being played. And I, I can't wait to jump on it and see the game in action as well. Yeah, thank you. I, I, I wish there was an easy way to get it in front of everybody today, um, but obviously it's the internet. can't. It's called the internet. Come on, Jerry. Get yes, it but but this whole experience with the P3 has always been, I see videos, it looks interesting, um, I don't get it, and then people play it, and they're like, oh, 
It's right. actual pinball. I, I like it. There's this cool ball lock on Lexi or these cool magnet ramps right. on CCR. People, generally speaking, have always needed to touch and feel and play the P3 before they fully understood. I think the videos do really good justice to this game, so hopefully people can can get a feel for it without necessarily touching it. Hopefully right. they can get that feel for it through streams, but uh, that's that's always a challenge with pinball. You don't really know what the experience is going to be until you play it. That's what I tell Brenda every Saturday night. Um, <laughs> get a feel without touching it. Um, okay, so Jerry... I know I'll, I'll edit out that joke or maybe I'll leave it. In. It was horrible. Everyone's like, Canada, you're losing it. You're losing it. You're never going to win a fourth twippy now. Awkward silence. I, I know. Well, Jerry, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. Uh, really appreciate it. I know this is a big day for you guys. Congratulations to you and everyone at the team who's been working really hard. I think people see uh, the fruits of your labor as they look over this game. And this definitely feels like the platform you created is coming to life in a way that, I don't even think a lot of people thought was possible. So I look forward to seeing people's reaction as they play the game. Yeah, so do I. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate you having me on. It's always good to talk to you. I'm obviously excited about all the reactions, all the positive reactions, and even the constructive ones as well. Um, yeah, let's get it in front of people and see what they think in person. Awesome. And and stay safe. And may you and your yes. family be healthy through all of this. Thank you. Same to you. Same to everyone out there. This is a, it's a bad time. And I know some people don't want to listen to some of the advice being thrown around, but we all need to make smart decisions and be safe. Absolutely. Stay home, people. Don't listen to the idiots on Pinside saying this will be over in 10 days, all right? It's not. It is not. Go buy a P3. And those, you, know, you, need, you need some home entertainment, all right? That's right. One all machine, right. many games. All right. This message will self-destruct in five seconds.